I wonder if you've ever jumped or dived off one of those really high diving boards at the swimming pool. You know the ones like Tom Daly and the like jump off? Not the spring boards that are only just above the water, but, you know, like the really, really high ones. Uh, in this country, in the UK here, for health and safety reasons, you can't just climb up to those and throw yourselves off them. But in other parts of the world where they're not so worried about health and safety, that isn't so much of a problem. And so many years ago, well not many years ago, actually just a few years ago now, we were in one of those other countries with some friends, and uh, we decided, uh, and when I say we, I, uh, with one of the, the young kids of the other family we were staying with, decided we would go up and throw ourselves off one of these high diving boards. Not the really high one, you know, not the 10 meter high one, but the one just down from that. So we climbed up, and uh, the young boy that, um, uh, from our friend's family, he just went, and as you do when you're that age, he just went and threw himself off of it. So I then went up to the edge of this diving board and looked down, and it was really high, way higher than it looked from down below. But I was faced with two choices, right? Number one, jump off this diving board. Number two, climb all the way back down again and look completely humiliated. So it took a little while, but eventually I jumped off this high diving board. Now it turns out that water is quite hard when you jump off of a high diving board and land in it, and I forgot to point my toes. So the soles of my feet were the first thing that impacted the water. And it really hurt, it really hurt. And I was hobbling around for some time uh, afterwards. So um, it took a certain degree of bravery slash stupidity, fine line between the two, right, before I uh, jumped off that thing. Uh, and it certainly had an impact on me in all sorts of different ways, but I was really pleased I did it, because can you imagine the conversation later on that evening? Oh, do you remember when we threw ourselves off that? And there were only two of us out of the eight of us that were there that could say, do you remember when we jumped off that diving board? And it's a story we still tell even to this day. So although it hurt and it took a fair degree of courage, I really, really uh, am pleased that I did it. I wonder if you ever face that kind of challenge in life, whether you're here in the room with us this morning and it's great to have you with us, whether you're watching online with us today and it's great to have you with us as well. I wonder whether you ever wish you could have that kind of bravery or ever face with that sort of scenario where you're standing on a diving board or it feels like that and you're worried about whether you're going to have the courage to really jump off. Do you ever wish you could be braver? Do you ever look at other people and think, oh, they're so brave, I wish I could be more like them? Have you ever missed an opportunity because you were afraid? Something you later regretted missing out on and thought, oh, if only I'd had the courage to take that step, I wouldn't have missed out on that great opportunity. Have you ever had that feeling like you're standing on the top of a diving board and you really want to jump off? but for some reason you can't. You really want to grab a hold of that opportunity or do that thing, but for some reason you just can't. It's out of your comfort zone, but there's something you're missing out on because you haven't got the courage to take that leap. Something that's really important, that if you did have the courage to take that leap out into the unknown, could bring amazing things for you. You know what it is that stands between you and that great opportunity? It is courage. Courage is what stands between you and actually doing that thing or taking that step. It's courage 
that stood in the way of you walking across the room to start that conversation with her. It was courage that stood in the way of you applying for that job or quitting one that was making you really unhappy. It was courage that stood in the way of you inviting your friend to church or sharing your faith story with them if you're a person of faith. Maybe you've just decided that you're not a courageous person. That's just not who you are. That's not in your personality. You see it in other people, but you've just decided that isn't you. But what if I told you that boldness and courage is not a personality trait reserved for just a few people, but actually it is something that is available to all of us, regardless of our age, our gender, our background, and whether actually we think we're a brave person or not. What if courage were not a personality trait, but that something that was accessible to all of us? What if there were a way for us to find the boldness that we need to step into that opportunity or to persevere in the face of opposition or to step out of our comfort zones? Well, in this third part of our Dangerous Prayers series, we're going to explore how we can find boldness and courage no matter who we are or what we're facing, how we can find boldness and courage. Now, throughout this Dangerous Prayer series, we've been talking about whether our prayers are really, frankly, and if we're honest, just insipid, really, and the way in which we delegate responsibility to God. We've been saying, where are our prayers on the, on the bravery scale? If one is sitting on our sofa and 10 is wrestling a lion whilst juggling chainsaws, where do our prayers fit on this scale of bravery. And we've been saying that actually, so often our prayers are down here, God bless me, God help me, God make my life more comfortable. So often our prayers are down here. But actually, what if we could move up the bravery scale a bit? What if our prayers were more about tuning ourselves into God and what God wants for us and the ways that God, the creator of the universe, wants to communicate with us and encourage us to step out boldly in faith with him? What would happen if those were the kind of prayers we were praying, that was the kind of way we were praying, and God started to answer those prayers? What would that do? What difference would that make? And the great news is, at least for people like me, the great news is that these prayers are really simple and really, really easy to remember. They're prayers that aren't complicated, but are actually cries from our heart, from the very depths of our souls. And actually, those are the kind of prayers that God is after so much of the time. They're easily memorable prayers, but they move us up this bravery scale. And the truth is, and again, we've been saying this in this series, all of us pray. So maybe you're visiting with us today and you'd say, actually, do you know what? I'm, I'm not a Christian. I'm not a person of faith. Maybe you're watching with us today online and you'd say, look, I'm not a person of faith. That's great, by the way. We love that you're with us and you want to connect with us as a community. We want to be here for people who are exploring faith just like you. But you pray. I bet you pray. Because everybody prays at some stage or another, even if it's only in the midst of tragedy or difficulty, and those prayers are like, God, help me. The truth is, all of us pray, whether we're Christians or not, even if it's only when tragedy strikes or in the midst of a desperate struggle. So even if you wouldn't say you're a Christian, I still think this series is for you, this dangerous prayer series, because I want to encourage you to pray a dangerous prayer, to take that step and see what God does. And maybe that's the thing that will encourage you 
over the line of faith encourage you to say, actually, I'm ready to follow Jesus with my life because look what he's done when I prayed. And if you're a Christian, I want to encourage you to get up this bravery scale. And I'm talking to myself as much as anybody else because it's as we move our prayers up this bravery scale that God starts to do extraordinary things. And who amongst us, if we're Christians, wouldn't want to say, we want to see more of God at work in extraordinary ways in our lives. So, so far in this series, we've talked about two prayers. In week one, I talked about the prayer, search me, and asking God to search us and genuinely reveal what's in our hearts. And last week, Alex, our student minister, talked about the prayer of break me, break my heart, God, for what breaks yours. And today, the third of these prayers, and again, just two words, fill me, fill me. It's the third of our prayers, our dangerous prayers today. You know, when um, Jesus was with his first followers, he said uh, this to them. He said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. Jesus promised that to his followers. And I think this is really interesting and I think this word advocate is really interesting. Uh, In the original Greek that uh, this was written in by the eyewitness to the life of Jesus who wrote this down for us. In the original uh, Greek, the word that John who wrote this used was the word paraclete. It literally means to come alongside But actually, it also means a bit more than that. It implies a closeness and a connection. So Jesus is saying, I will give you somebody to be with you, to come alongside you, to be in close connection with you. And the very next thing that Jesus says, if we were to read on here, is that this advocate is the Spirit of God. Now, there's another word used in Greek when the Spirit of God is being described, and that's the word pneuma which we use to get our word pneumatic from. Now, pneuma is often translated as wind or breath, but it also carries with it a sense of power. I mean, think for a minute about a pneumatic drill that you see being used to drill up concrete on the side of the road, or think about those pneumatic pumps that are are used to raise up the back end of a lorry when it's full of stone from a quarry. There's a huge amount of power and energy there. So when The Spirit of God is talked about in God's Word in the Bible, this Holy Spirit. There are two key things that are being talked about there. There's this presence idea, this closeness and connection with God, but there's this pneuma idea, there's this power of God. So when we talk about fill me, God, fill me with your Spirit, which is what we're saying uh, this prayer is today, we're talking about being filled with the presence of God, that closeness and connection to God, and the power of God. We're asking God to fill us with his power and his presence. But why would God want to do that? Why would God want to answer this prayer if we have the courage and boldness to pray it? Why would God want to answer this prayer? Fill me. Well, let's look at an example, another example from the Bible, from the life of the early church, from the very first churches some 2,000 years ago, after the followers of Jesus started going around, telling everybody about him, and people started gathering together in these churches. This, um, this story that we're going to look at today, this account we're going to look at today, comes from the New Testament book of Acts. And it comes, it's the fifth book of the New Testament part of the Bible. And it's all about this uh, story of how the early church grew and grew and grew. And it's written for us by a guy called Luke. 
who was a, a great historian and who wrote uh, his account of the life of Jesus and then this book called the book of Acts. And we read in it what happened to those first Jesus followers after Jesus had gone back to be with his Father in heaven. So we're going to look into uh, Acts chapter 4, but a little bit of background to this before we get there. Two of those first Jesus followers, uh, Peter and John, were moving around sharing their eyewitness testimony to what God had been doing, to what God had done in Jesus, to all that they had seen and heard through all of that. They were praying for people, and through this presence and the power of God, people were being healed. Now, some people didn't like that. But one of those people uh, people who was healed was a man who'd been disabled for his entire life. And his healing caused quite a stir. The religious leaders didn't like it because they hadn't been able to do anything for that guy. And they didn't like that the Jesus followers were going around doing all of this kind of stuff and spreading the message of Jesus. So they used their position of power and authority to um, really to antagonize or to threaten is a better word, to threaten these followers of Jesus, including Peter and John. So they dragged Peter and John up before the authorities and they said to them, by what power or in whose name have you done this healing of this disabled guy? Well, this was Peter's response. Acts chapter 4, verses 8 to 10, it says this, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, If we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. So saying we're doing this in the name of Jesus. This was an extraordinary transformation in Peter. This was the Peter who just a a short while earlier had ran away when Jesus was arrested. He had denied knowing him. He was nowhere to be found when Jesus was being tried and killed. And Peter wasn't alone. Many other of Jesus' first followers ran away and, and hid too. What had changed in Peter and John, transformed from cowards who would run away to bold messengers for Jesus. Well, two things had changed. Firstly, they'd encountered the resurrected Jesus. And secondly, they'd been filled with his spirit. See this then, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the presence and power of God. That's what changed. Now, look at the response in verse 13 to those who were listening to all of this. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unskilled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. When they saw the courage, they were astonished. See, the Holy Spirit had filled them and given them courage. That was the big difference between before and now. Now, I'm pretty sure in this moment, they would still have been afraid. Who wouldn't have been afraid when they were being threatened like this? But they didn't allow their fear to get in the way of what God wanted to do. And God filled them with his Holy Spirit and gave them courage. Now, look, the other thing I want you to note from these verses, I don't know whether this is an insult or not, but I want you to notice it anyway. When they realized that they were unskilled, ordinary men... So suddenly it dawns on all of those listening that this is Peter and John. 
They are not well-educated. They're not highly skilled. They are just ordinary people. When it dawned on them that they were ordinary people, that there was nothing special about them, they were amazed at what had gone on. They were astonished. You see, we should take note here that these extraordinary things were happening through these two men, Peter and John, and others just like them. But they were ordinary men. So if you've ever thought of yourself as ordinary, you are in great company. Ordinary does not stop God and what he wants to do in and through you. You don't need to be educated. You don't need to be special. You don't need to be rich. You don't need to be old. You you don't need to uh, have the wisdom of years. God wants to work through ordinary people. And do you know there's a reason why why that is? Because when God works through ordinary, it's all about God, right? Everything points to God. When God does something amazing in people who are not uh, that amazing, the only reason it can be is because of God. And therefore it points to God. And, And the truth is this, when we do stuff that we can do, it doesn't say much about God. When we do stuff that there's no way we could do, what does that say? It says it must be all about God. So if we only ever operate in the areas that we are comfortable in with the things that we can do, it doesn't signpost very much to the amazing nature of God. When we step out and people look at us and they go, well, I know that Chris Porter, there's no way he could do that. He's just an ordinary bloke. What's going on that means he would have that or do that or step out in that way or give up that or whatever it might be? And then it points to God. You see, these people, just like us, or at least just like me, you may be different to me, uh, these people, they weren't brave or courageous. They ran away, for goodness sake, when Jesus was tried, arrested, and killed. They weren't educated or special. They were just ordinary And that means they were just like you and me. So if you've ever felt ordinary, you are in great company. Now, the religious leaders, they didn't know what to do with all of this. I think you can imagine this scene. They really didn't know what to do because they had done this amazing thing for this poor fellow who'd who'd been disabled for all of his life, probably. So they couldn't really criticize them too much because they'd been kind in ways that others weren't kind. So they had to have this sort of huddle together to try and figure out what to do and to find some way to stop them without they themselves looking stupid. How could they condemn them for healing somebody? So in the end, they sort of get together and then they call them back and they say this. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. So Peter and John said, yep, fine, no problem, we won't. No, of course they didn't. Look what Peter and John said in response to this this command to not tell anybody about Jesus anymore. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, and I love this, by the way, as for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. So of course they're not going to stop. Even in the, the face of these threats and being condemned, They said, we're not going to stop. Why can't they stop? Because they can't help it. They can't help speaking about Jesus. So I find this deeply challenging. Am I 
living in such a way? Am I so close to Jesus? Am I so on the lookout for the amazing things that God is doing around and about me that I can't help but want to tell other people about it, that I can't help but want to share that with other people? Am I experiencing God in such a way that is so amazing and so fantastic that I can't help but talk about that? This is a challenge to me. Am I spending enough time reflecting and connecting with who God is and what God has done that I can't help it? And this, by the way, if you've ever you've wondered, why do we sing in church? Why do we continue to, to sing? Why do we do that online and in all the ways that we're doing it right now? This is one of the key reasons why we do that, by the way, because it reminds us of who God is and what God has done. It reminds us, and, and by the way, if you're not a Christian and you've got Christian friends and you wonder, why do they just keep banging on about this Jesus fella? Well, the truth is, oftentimes we can't help it. It's like when you find that fantastic box set on Netflix. Do you know, and there is almost no better feeling than that, by the way, when you find a new series on Netflix or on Amazon Prime or on any of those that you love, and you realize there's like eight seasons of it, and you've only just found it. That's a pretty good thing, right? You can't help but want to tell everybody about it. I found this great thing. You should watch it too. It's fantastic. How sad is it? And I'm talking to myself here as much as anybody else. How sad is it that often I'm more excited about that than I am about God and about Jesus, his son, and the amazing things that he has done. You know, the religious leaders, they, they still can't work out what to do with them, even though they've sort of um, uh, confronted them in this way. They still can't work out what to do, so they let them go in the end. And Peter and John get together with their friends, and they pray. And what do you think they prayed, by the way? On a bravery scale of 1 to 10, having just had this experience and being hauled in front of these people who could kill them, let's, let's make no bones about it, their lives are at risk here. What do you think they pray? Do you think they pray right down the kind of 1, 2 end of the bravery scale of prayers? Do you think they pray, oh God, please keep us safe? Oh God, please take those people out of our lives so we don't have to meet them again? No, look, this is, this is what they pray. They pray, now Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus Christ. They pray, do even more. Do even more, God. Make us even bolder. In the light of these threats, we're not praying for our safety or that you take these people out of our orbit or that you'd move us to some other place. No, just give us the will and the courage to speak with even greater boldness. Do even more, Lord. Now that is a nine or ten on the scale of brave prayers. That's what they pray. Consider their threats and equip us with the courage. Equip us ordinary people who aren't brave by nature. Equip us with what we need to speak even more boldly. Now that is a dangerous prayer. They prayed for courage and boldness. They prayed for the ability to stand at the top of the diving board and throw themselves off into the unknown. They prayed for the courage to follow Jesus, to live their lives with him and for him. They prayed for the courage to do what Jesus had commanded them to do. They prayed for the bravery to demonstrate and declare their faith in the midst of a culture whose leaders wanted to resist it. And Luke tells us, if you read on in this story, and I encourage you to go and read the whole thing in Acts chapter 4, Luke tells us that when they prayed, the whole place where they were gathered shook 
with the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus had placed his power and his presence in them through the Spirit for the purpose that he had called them to. So I want to ask us all this morning, in the room and online, what do you need courage and boldness for? What do you need courage and boldness for? Maybe you're not a Christian, but you're facing something. You recognize that there's some area of your life where you need courage and boldness. I want to encourage you and challenge you to pray, God, fill me and give me courage and boldness, even if you're not a Christian, and see what God does. See what God does. Because that just might be what you need to notice and realize that he is real when God comes through and answers that prayer. And if you are a Christian, I want to say, what purpose has God given to you? What purpose has God placed his spirit in you for? What challenging situation in front of you? What, what's testing your faith or your resolve to be faithful to Jesus? Who has Jesus placed in front of you that he's asking you to help? to bless, to share your faith with? In what areas is Jesus asking you to take a stand, to be a voice for those who don't have a voice, to campaign for justice for those who have been treated unfairly? Where is Jesus asking you to step out of your comfort zone, to trust him and follow him, even though you know it's going to cost you and it's going to stretch you and it's going to challenge you? Where is Jesus asking you to take a leap of faith? And then pray. God, fill me with the courage and the boldness I need to take that step of faith. Fill me with your presence and your power for the purpose that you are asking me to follow you into. You know, I'm totally convinced of this. Boldness and courage are not personality traits. They are the result of being filled with the Spirit of God. John Maxwell the uh, leadership expert and author and Christian says this, everything you really want but don't have is outside of your comfort zone. Everything you really want and don't have is outside your comfort zone. That's true, isn't it? Everything we really want but don't have is out of our comfort zone. So we need the boldness and the courage to step out of our comfort zone. We need to pray to be filled with the Spirit. And it's a dangerous prayer. Because like all of these dangerous prayers, it leads somewhere. And the place this dangerous prayer leads is out of our comfort zones. Will you pray to be filled with the Spirit of God? The Spirit that will move you up the scale of bravery in your prayer life. And as you pray to be filled with the Spirit of God, will you allow him to fill you with courage and boldness for the things he reveals to you? or the things he asks you to do. Let's pray together. So we're going to take a moment now, and in the worship songs that are about to follow, to pray and ask God to fill us with his spirit. We're going to create space for God to fill us. So I want to ask you, wherever you are, whether you're in the room here with us, or whether you're watching online, maybe just to open your hands out in a, in a, a body language attitude of saying, God, I'm ready to be filled. And Lord God, I pray now in these moments that you would come and fill us with your spirit. Fill us with courage and boldness. Fill us with your power and your presence.
wherever we are, whatever room we're sitting in, standing in, wherever, whatever we're doing today, fill it with your presence, Lord God, we pray. Remind us that bravery and courage are not personality traits. They are the result of being filled with your power and your presence. So come now, Lord God, we pray. We open ourselves up to you. We, we remember that you don't come where you're not wanted. And so we say, we want you. We invite you to come and move in our lives.